It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the NBA draft and a new athletics director. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman. And our guest today is ESPN NBA writer and friend of the show, Dave McNenamin. Dave, thanks so much for coming on the program. Wes, anytime. Good to talk to you. Dave, I want to get you started on this one. You know the Cleveland Cavaliers basically better than everyone. Do you see Rakeem Christmas having a future with this team? I think in terms of the future of him having a roster spot, yes, I do. Uh, the Cavs are going to be so cap-strapped this summer after they re-sign the guys they intend to that they're going to need guys uh, on lower-scale contracts, and certainly Rack would uh, apply to that conversation because he's a second-round draft pick who will not have a guy guaranteed contract. Um, whether he can turn that roster spot into a productive member of the team remains to be seen. But, of course, the way we saw him grow at Syracuse leaves him to believe that he'll be someone who will continue to work hard in the NBA and uh, you know impress people w- with that work ethic and, and hopefully get his shot. Now, you just kind of touched on my next question, which is so much of the Cavaliers roster is in cap space and is still in flux. And obviously the biggest question around Cleveland is whether Kevin Love is going to stay. So is he? <laughs> Wes, uh, if I knew <laughs> and you were the first person I told, I probably wouldn't have a job. But my, <laughs> my uh, inclination, certainly, and everything that I, I, I'm hearing and the people I've spoken to, and even what Kevin has said on the record so far, is that, yeah, Kevin Love will certainly be a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers next season. The question is whether he will be signing a short-term deal this summer and potentially testing out free agency uh, a year from now or two years from now when the new TV revenue kicks in and, and the NBA salary cap jumps from the $63 million that it's currently at right now to $108 million in the 2017-2018 season, which is the projected number right now. Uh, or he will go ahead and sign a full fact five-year extension this summer uh, will net him 20, uh, about $27 million more than any other team could offer and certainly give him the insurance should he continue to experience injury woes, which have kind of plagued him throughout his seven-year career uh, so far. Uh, most recent injury, of course, is the dislocated shoulder that he suffered in the first round against Boston. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's the long answer. Short answer, I, I think he'll be a cab next season. Well, that'll obviously play into Rakeem Christmas's playing time. And the next guy that got drafted in the NBA draft is Chris McCullough. Do you see him being a good fit with the Brooklyn Nets? Do you like that pick? I, I think when you're drafting late in the first round, uh, you know, sometimes you luck out with a guy like Tony Parker um, or, you know, uh, other guys that have worked out th- that late. And the, there's plenty of guys that we could, you know, could never remember that guy's name again. So um, I, I think there is upside potential with Chris. Uh, you know, I, I watched probably not as many games as you did this year, Wes, but I watched as many as I could uh, Q's games. And, and before he got hurt, uh, we saw that he has that really good-looking mid-range jump shot. We saw that he has length. Um, and if he bulks up, I think he could be an effective defender. Um, we saw that you know, he can run in the open court and things of that nature. Um, I, I, I think he has a chance. Um, I just, you know, with that, uh, you're entering in a Brooklyn team that's going through transition. Um, who I don't know if you can even say they've developed an identity yet. 
Um, you know, certainly since since the Kevin Garnett and Paul, Paul Pierce era ended, um, in one sense, yeah, that gives them an opportunity because there aren't necessarily uh, these tried and two play, true players there that that already have uh, their niches um, set. At the other time, uh, you know, will there be the structure there that will help him learn the league and help him help him learn the right habits? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I certainly think if he can recover uh, from his, his torn ACL, he has the tools as a as a player and as a physical specimen that he could fit in the NBA. Dave, we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, a little bit of Syracuse trivia that you probably already knew, which is uh, there's only one Syracuse alumni in history that's actually won an NBA championship. That's Marty Burns. He played a very small role. Um, and now you have Rakeem Christmas going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'll point out that Vegas likes the Cavaliers to win a 2016 NBA championship, placing them at the best 9-4 to four odds. What do you think, Dave? Do you think that Rakeem Christmas is going to be Syracuse guy number two getting an NBA <laughs> ring next year? So I thank you for giving me the credit or the benefit of the doubt. You thought I knew that. I did not know that. So what <laughs> team was Marty on when he won that championship? Uh, the Lakers. The Lakers in, when are we talking, like Magic Johnson era? Oh, geez, I don't know. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that much about Syracuse. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that, yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. I think if the Cavs take care of their summer plans this year, which would be re-signing Kevin Love, re-signing LeBron James, of course, that's the first thing I should have said, uh, getting Tristan Thompson under a new deal, and, you know, I don't know if they, they're going to be able to get every single guy back, but, you know, make, make a run at either J.R. Smith or Iman Shumpert, and then use their mini mid-level in a smart fashion on a player that can contribute they will be the favorite. I mean, of course, Vegas is already saying they are the favorite, I guess, assuming that these things will go in their direction. They will be the favorite to win it all. And uh, I, I, I covered the Lakers team in the 2008-2009 season that came off that six-game loss to the Boston Celtics in the 2008 finals. And they had a internal force pushing them throughout the year, that motivation from the distaste of getting so close to the championship and just having it out of your grasp and coming in with a workman-like approach uh, and a, a true zeroed-in focus for an entire 82-game season the following year when they ended up beating the Magic in the 2009 Finals. And if the Cavs, again, take care of business and sign the guys they need to, I could totally see them taking on that same type of personality as the team and just ripping through the league, much the same way they did in the second half of the season after they made their, their trade. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Rack, I, I know that uh, his Syracuse career didn't end the way everybody would like to with the, you know, the self-imposed season ban, but uh, I think he would be in pretty good shape uh, to enter in the NBA with, with winning a ring. And Dave, just so you know, I, I actually had a chance to look it okay. up, and it was the 1980 season when Burns was with uh, the Lakers, so that was actually the first of that great run for Magic Johnson and company. Absolutely. Well... <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't know that, and uh, next time I see Marty, I'll have something extra to talk to him about. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thanks so much for coming on the program. Make sure to check out more of Dave's stuff on ESPN and ESPN.com. Dave, thanks so much for coming on. We always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Wes. Great stuff from Dave McNetterman. I always love talking Syracuse basketball with him and seeing him on ABC and ESPN. But I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? 
Doing well, Wes. Thank you. Enjoying this summer filled with orange news for a change. <laughs> a lot of orange news. And uh, Brad, I think the biggest story out of Syracuse in the last two weeks, and there's a lot to choose from, but it's got to be Mark Coyle being named the new Syracuse Athletics Director, taking over for Daryl Gross. You wrote about him in your Orange Watch early in the week, and it really sounds like that you like the move. What's really not to like when you look at his background and what he's going to bring to the table, which, you know, I, I headlined my story because I think most importantly, an outside fresh perspective of someone that's had a tremendous amount of experience in his career. And part not to like, he knows the ACC from Florida State and Miami 10 years. He knows the Big Ten being at Minnesota. He knows the SEC at Kentucky. Then it goes to Boise State, the uh, preeminent program when it comes to a non-Power 5 uh, football program, hires the replacement for the very successful Chris Peterson. So he's done it all with football. He's done the fundraising. And then when you look at what he's you know, understood from basketball in his Kentucky days, got Boise State to the NCAA tournament. And let's face it, it's all about making the tournament in college hoops. So, so much to like. Uh, the background, and really excited for this new tenure with Syracuse Athletics. And you talk about making the NCAA tournament being the kind of it factor for uh, uh, the basketball programs, but when you take a look at football, I think the equivalent to that is making a bowl game, going 6-6, six and six, hitting that magic number. And one of the things that I took out of that press conference, that introductory press conference, was that he's going to schedule baseball in a way that allows Scott Schaefer to be successful. And to me, what that means is Syracuse has four non-conference games. And if you schedule something like a one double-A opponent, you know, two Sun Belt teams or, or at least winnable games against maybe the AAC or, or one of the old, uh, you know, Conference USA schools, I really think that gives Syracuse the best chance for success and, and Scott Schaefer. Well, Mark Coyle's going to have to wait until 2020, West to have his first opportunity <laughs> to completely shape the schedule. That is, unless some contracts get, you know, renegotiated or moved back or whatever in the interim, because I agree with you. You know, to, to get to six wins for a bowl game, you've got to win three out of the four non-conference games, and you have to schedule appropriately. And when you look at this year, you've got to beat Rhode Island, Central Michigan, and South Florida. You know, you, you just have to win those games. Next year, Colgate, South Florida, and at Connecticut. Uh, I still like having one Power 5 team in there each year, which kind of puts some equity that every team in the Power 5 should play a non-conference Power 5 opponent. And that's built in for Syracuse right through 2019 when you have LSU and Notre Dame the next four years alternating and then Maryland in 2019 uh, finishing that home and home. So I, I think the schedule it really plays out well. You need the great you know, recruits, the talent level, so you're going to be assured just about that you're going to win three of those four games each year, Wes, and maybe all four, and then only have to win at least three in the conference to get to a bowl game. You know, Brad, the other big move that came out was the official announcement of Mike Hopkins as the successor to Jim Beheim. This was kind of done under the table in 2007, but now it's official. Brad, it seems like a no-brainer on every level. There's continuity in the program and obviously helps with recruiting. And as I wrote about this week in my column, let's face it, what, what a great move by the university. Let's get this off Mark Coyle's plate, right? We, we know that it was all going to lead to this uh, end resolution with Mike Hopkins succeeding Jim Beheim, as you say, dating back to 2007. Finally, to have it done and, and official is great. So he doesn't have to worry about it with so much on his plate. And I'll tell you this, Wes, 
I think you're going to see that Jim Behan farewell press conference a lot sooner than the spring of 2018. Think about it. That's a long time away. Jim Beheim was going to retire after 13 if it wasn't for the NCA investigation. He'll be 71 going into this season. I see one more year at the Olympics, and that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first from Brad Beerman. I'll give you a date. I'll give you a date, Wes. September 8th, uh, uh, Thursday, I believe it is, 2016. They'll have that press conference before preseason practice. That's amazing, and it's very specific, and uh, there's some clairvoyancy there, so we'll see if you're right. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. You're closing I want to go back quickly to the Mark Coyle introductory press conference, or was that a political rally? When you think about that whole image there, you had uh, almost like a, a candidate announcing his candidacy in Mark Coyle. You had the party chairman and Chancellor Everud and all the party honchos and the board of trustees, the loyalists in the audience, and, of course, the media covering it. And when you look back on it, he's got the perfect family, the beautiful wife with a doctorate, three beautiful children. Just kind of gave that symmetry to me as a political uh, uh, rally and getting this new tenure going and all the enthusiasm for Syracuse athletics. And one other note about that, Wes, if you look back on it, it was very plain, traditional conservative. No website addresses in the background, no outward promotion. I thought that was very interesting how it was a little bit more buttoned up. Uh, for that introductory press conference. A very big stark contrast to the former athletics director. And Brad, I'm going to go back to the beginning of our show for my closing thoughts, which are on Carmelo Anthony of the New York Knicks. Reportedly, Melo is upset with the Knicks for taking Latvian big man Christos Porzingis, say that 10 times fast, with the number four pick. Brad, personally, I thought he was actually the best player available with the highest upside with that pick. And honestly, if Carmelo's upset about the Knicks building for the future instead of now, he only has himself to blame. He could have signed for max money. Uh, he could have he took max money with the Knicks, and he could have easily have taken less money to go compete for an NBA championship with the Bulls. Carmelo, I love you, but you can't have it. And both what ways. a job for Phil Jackson, West! Twelve million a year to oversee this big soap opera? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's the type of job that I think anyone would want. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that every fight is a food fight when you're a cannibal. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today.